On this episode of the Actual Fluency Podcast, I have a chat with Lindsay Dow. Me and Lindsay get into language learning in general, tutoring, and then we also try to figure out how to pronounce italki. Welcome to the Actual Fluency Podcast, the podcast that gives you the tools and inspiration to learn languages faster and more efficiently. And now your host, Chris Broholm. All right, guys, welcome to yet another episode of the Actual Fluency Podcast. This is episode number eight, and later in the episode, you're going to hear my talk with Lindsay Dow. Uh, Lindsay is a incredibly talented blogger over on lindsaydoeslanguages.com, and I had uh, the pleasure of talking to her about language learning in general, but also how she stays motivated, some ninja tricks and tips about optimizing your tutoring experiences. And also, uh, we talk a little bit about teaching English as a foreign language and these uh, certificates that you can get and how uh, how she did it to um, get to Costa Rica and teach English for three months. But before we get into the, to today's interview segment, I just wanted to thank you all for listening and by virtue of you guys listening and downloading the show, I was lucky enough to be featured on the iTunes new and noteworthy section. And obviously, uh, this led to a an increase in downloads and also uh, general impressions. So I'm, I, I just want to thank you all for listening. And I just want to give a little plug for the iTunes page because every review or rating that you leave is greatly supporting the show because the more people you see that has left review, the more people are going to check out the show in the future. So it, I would really appreciate if you went onto the iTunes page, which you can find at actualfluency.com forward slash iTunes, and just left your honest review. And I promise I'll read every single one of them. And I'm very grateful for uh, for you taking the time to do that. If you don't like to use iTunes, there is also Stitcher. And on the uh, podcast site, that is to say actualfluency.com forward slash podcast you can find a banner to stitcher which is kind of like an online radio where you can choose your shows and you know podcasts and news and everything else and it's totally free and i would really appreciate it if you lift a uh, a review there as well or either place is really fine but uh, I, i greatly appreciate it and I just want to give a, a quick plug uh, for my uh, special offer that I have running for my listeners and audience of Actual Fluency. And if you are aware of Benny Lewis's new book, Fluent in Three Months, where he tells you all you need to know about learning a new foreign language, you can now get the audiobook, which is read by Benny himself, and get that for absolutely nothing. And that offer is available if you go to actualfluency.com forward slash free. There you will see all the details and basically what it requires is that you sign up to audible for a free trial and when you cancel the trial before 30 days is over you will not pay a single cent for that audiobook so you're enjoying the words and wisdom of the irish polyglot aka benny Luz, and it wouldn't have cost you a dime i personally like audiobooks uh, for many reasons but particularly because I can be out walking, I can do other things while I'm reading. I'm not a big fan of the old classic books. So once again, if you want to check out that free audiobook from Audible, you can go check it out at actualfluency.com forward slash free. Mm-hmm. 
and now on to the interview. All right, today I'm happy to welcome onto the show Lindsay Dow. Lindsay is an English language enthusiast who, apart from enjoying learning many different languages, also runs her own tutoring company. She also blogs about her journey and everything in between on lindsaydoeslanguages.com. So, Lindsay, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm fantastic. Excellent, excellent. I've given the listeners a little introduction to you, very brief. Yeah. Maybe you could kind of expand on it and tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started with language learning. Okay. Um, well, my first language that I began to learn was French way back in primary school. And I went to French club because essentially they gave you croissants at the end of term. And it was nice. It was, you know, better than all the other clubs. You don't get croissants. Um, nice. <laughs> but then I just kind of carried on French through school and it wasn't really until uh, GCSEs when... I began to become interested in language and I chose to do Spanish GCSE because I like Shakira. <laughs> Basically, that's it. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Shakira. Um, but yeah, so from there, I ended up having to do French to do Spanish at GCSE and it just kind of snowballed and grew and grew and, you know, GCSE, A-level, now university, yeah. Right. And you just kind of gave a little uh, explanation for those people who might not know the English system and GCSE is basically end of elementary school, isn't it? And yeah, GCSE is 14 to 16, A-level 16 to 18. Right. Yeah. And uh, so you got into French because of a French club. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. How, how did you find the... Um, did you find that being part of a club learn, was helpful in learning the language or was it kind of just like a social thing for you? Mm. I don't know. I mean, in all honesty, I was probably so young that I think my mum just kind of was like, yes, probably a good thing for her to do. Sign up for that. Sounds good. You know, and I, I just ended up going along. It, it wasn't really, it was also the fact that I think it was in between, it was during lesson time. So, oh. you know, you'd get called out. So it'd be like, oh, yeah, you <laughs> it's special. Nice. You know, going out of the lessons. <laughs> right. And uh, how successful do you think uh, the language learning in school is in, in England right now? What's your kind of impression of that? Um, let's just say there's a reason I don't want to train to be a language teacher <laughs> in this country. Um, yeah, no, I, I, re I don't think very highly of the system at the moment in the UK, in all honesty. Um, I think it's good as in from September this year, um, it will be compulsory to teach a language in primary school. At the That's moment, good. the only, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's a step in the right direction. At the moment, the only compulsory language education in the UK is three years from age wow. 11 to age 13 or 14. Um, it's not enough, is it? It's, it's really not enough. And the problem is by 11, you know, some children, I, I was lucky I managed to get it in primary school, but some children haven't had that opportunity. And so you, everyone comes up at age 11, all different levels, all different ideas of why they should learn a language. And you, the teachers are having to start from scratch. So they're teaching, you know, bonjour, wow. dog, pink, green, oh. blue. And, and 11 year olds don't want to be talked to right. like that. And it just doesn't work. Um, and then obviously three years, if you're starting from that level, what, what can you really achieve with, with a bunch of people who think it's a waste of time? One class a week or not two classes a week or something. Exactly. That's the other thing. You know, it's literally one or two classes a week. There's yeah. no emphasis whatsoever. It's, it's horrible, isn't it? Uh, but, mm -hmm. but, but so I guess the, the advantage of bringing it in earlier is also People might not become better at the language, but some people might develop the 
interest or so it might become noticeable that oh you can actually learn another language this is exactly it this is exactly it and i really and in fact in the curriculum um the new primary school curriculum there is no compulsory language it doesn't say you have to teach them french or you have right. to teach them spanish and you have to teach them this this and this it says you can teach them any language <laughs> living or dead wow. it's like that and you know that sounds really weird to say it so openly like that, you know, teaching ancient Greek, what's the yeah. point? But the point is that they understand at a very, very early age that a new la other languages exist. Right. And I think that that is the key thing to get in at a young age, not necessarily to get them fluent from age three, you know? No, that's not possible anyway. That, well, But if you yeah. interest them a little bit, then they they might become like yourself and uh, go crazy with it at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> Your sneaky little plan. <laughs> All right, well, we're already talking about language learning, so I guess I can uh, move on to the question I always ask my guests, and uh, it is, if you had to learn a new language, and I know you're currently uh, doing a little uh, mini challenge in Dutch. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. you can just quickly share what, what that challenge is about. Um, it's just a personal challenge. Earlier this year, back in January, I did the I Talk I language. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, we were talking about this earlier. I Talk I, I Talky yeah. uh, language challenge um, in German because I'm currently studying German as well. Um, and I wanted to improve my spoken German because I study with the Open University, which is in the UK, distance learning. So not a lot of chance to speak. And so I thought, you know, this is a good, good chance to improve my spoken German. Right. And when it finished, I kind of, I had a week I thought yeah I'll give myself a week and then I'll go back to maybe one lesson a week of, of German and I didn't go back to it and you know I felt like oh I felt like I'd improved so much and I hadn't done it so boom instantly I'd gone down and I thought yeah it's wow. not true of course it's not true but I had a um, German uh, language exchange partner who also taught Dutch and I thought oh. maybe maybe this is kind of the way to go I, I've always loved Holland so yeah that's that's kind of where that started so I've set myself a bit of a target to go for three months um, I'm a month through now coming up to the first month through just to give myself a basic conversational level right really and how are you I mean obviously with a good Good knowledge in German. People say that Dutch is mm -hmm. very easy to pick up. Uh, is that what you're finding as well? Or yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, that's that's why that's that's what I like about it is that it's not um, you know right now. Like I say, I'm, already, I'm learning German as well and French for university right now. So it's kind of a real side project. <laughs> it's like the third thing <laughs> right now. Um, so yeah, I haven't got the time that I would love to have to devote to learning something completely new. You know, like I don't know, Japanese or Burmese right. is a language I really really want to learn. Um, Where does but, that come from? Uh, the Burmese. I can understand Japanese. A lot of people yeah. want to learn Japanese, but. Burmese yeah. is it the enigmatic uh, nature of the like, culture, maybe, or um, okay. So back in 2011, um, I visited Burma for two weeks, and oh. yeah, it's, I absolutely hated it at the time. Oh, really? I hated it. I had, I had, um, <laughs> I had really. really <laughs> I don't want to share this. I was ill. <laughs> should we say I was ill from both ends? Should we say right? Um, <laughs> and. Because of that, you know, the whole thing was just not an enjoyable trip at the time. But at the same time, I loved it. I loved everything about the country. Um, 
and I did have a good time and I had a little phrase book, um, just a little Lonely Planet phrase book. And I remember my best memories, despite being ridiculously ill. And I even, when I got back to, when I flew back to Bangkok, had to go to hospital and fly back to England. So, you know, I, I was quite ill. Um, uh, you know, the best memories that I have of being there were being sat with the people talking using my ridiculously basic Burmese from this little phrase book. Right. Um, and I loved it. And I really, really want to go back there for a long period of time. So that's that's why I want to learn it. Really. Well, if you've been there, that's uh, that, I can understand that because a lot of people don't necessarily go to Burma. So that's mm. that, that that's why. Or well, Myanmar, should we say? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Good. And um, so the Dutch... You think you could do it in three months? I think it sounds pretty realistic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my I have an I talk e tutor <laughs> <laughs> once a week, um, and that's going well. That's going well. He he he's even said in the three or four lessons we've had now. You know, he said, "Oh, you've got a real noticeable improvement." So it's it's a good good place to be right now. Um, yeah, I think I could definitely get to a right a reasonable understanding level sweet so if we uh, continue on that path uh, the question that i was uh, coming to was if you had to learn a new language tomorrow and you didn't know anything about the language what kind of how would you do it basically what kind of resources would you immediately go after and how would you kind of start out learning that language because a lot of people obviously have different ways so by sh maybe sharing your ways you can mm. in inspire and give other people some ideas or okay um i think i have a growing collection of teach yourself books that my library seems to be chucking out left right and center really? in li in library sales and i'm like why are you giving these away <laughs> i will buy them <laughs> five for a pound yes please wow I that's know. a ridiculous price it is insane it's insane Holy so God. yeah i uh, i have a kind of growing collection um so if 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 I have a teach yourself book, I tend to start with that. Um, but then I'm I'm trying to avoid. I've mentioned this on my blog before. I'm trying to avoid getting stuck into a reading rut, right? Because I love to read, and I just I love to read about language as well, um, which is you know it's, it's a good habit, but it's not good if I want to use it as such. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would say I tend to start with teach yourself books. I tend to start as well with memorize. Right. And I'd always try and find um, a 1,000 words course in the target language on memorize. I think that's really good. And at times you feel like, what? I'm never going to use. I, yeah. What is this word? That's right. not useful. But actually, the more you kind of do other things with the language, like, you know, a book or, I don't know, read stuff on the internet, whatever, then you do actually find, oh, yeah, I know that word from Memorize. Yeah. Ooh. It's the little moment of pride of, yeah, it was worth it. Right, the little Which victory. Nice. Yeah, victory yeah. Moment. So, yeah. So we would say teach yourself fundamentals and then Memorize for vocabulary. Memorize for vocabulary and, and I talk e <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for speaking practice. But I, I find, um, I know a lot of people sort of say, you know, start speaking from, from, from scratch. I, I like to like you say, sort of get a fundamental book knowledge, if you like. Right. Just a, just a really, really basic vocabulary, really, really basic right. grammar so that you can string a sentence together and then speak to someone, I think, is, is easy, especially if, if your lessons are going to be on online because um, 
you know, you lose that immediate contact. You, you know, you still can type words and use Google Translate or whatever, right. but, you know, you don't have every, you know, everything at your exposure. Exposure? That's not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Exposure. Exposure. Uh, yeah, but uh, a problem with Google Translate that I'm finding because I have uh, I'm learning Russian and I'm I have a Russian tutor friend kind of thing, and um, if we are writing, I often go to Google Translate because I need to. If she writes me a long sentence, I'll be like, hmm, what does this mean? Uh, although I can understand most of it, and I can also write most of my sentences myself. But I find that after having used Google Translate to look up a word, it's not in my memory. So I forget it almost immediately. And it's it's literally minutes after. She can use the mm. same word, and I'm going to be like, what was that again? Uh, so that's yeah, where the memorize yeah. really comes I in, think- isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Google Translate is, uh, it can be a lot of fun. I mean, have you seen the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Google Translated video? And they no, but translate it sounds like a lot of fun. The, it's hilarious. They they translate the lyrics like sort of seven times and back. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it becomes really awful in the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can imagine how it goes. Right. Uh, yeah, but I, I agree. Do you use Anki at all? No, I, I Anki- just use Memrise. I like Anki a lot. Like if I, if I, like you say, you sort of find a word on the spot and you think, oh, what right. does that mean? You know, and you Google translate it or whatever word reference and you, you get it and you think, oh, yeah, 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 I need to remember this. I, if, uh, if I'm keen, if I'm on the ball with everything, then I'll have Anki open and, and add it to my Anki list. Yeah, you can, can do that to memorize too, though, if that's your primary software. What, if you like make your own courses, right. you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like but I- then it's... I have it's my public, own Russian. Right? No, no, no. You can make your own private. You can make ones. your private. Yeah, ones? yeah. Oh. I have a, I have a Russian. I, I tried uh, ambitiously one day to create my own uh, sentence course. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted to uh, kind of get a fast forward in phrasal Russian because I was going to this conference and I, I needed to speak sentences uh, and not just say hello, my name is or something. Mm. And I wrote these ten sentences that is like hello, I'm from Denmark and I want to visit Russia one time and blah blah blah. But the problem with memorize, as you as I'm sure you'll know, is they'll ask you to type it out. <laughs> so I had to type yeah. this ridiculously long sentence. I was like, and it's so unforgiving, like one O or A the wrong mm-hmm. place. It's wrong, and then it adds it to the top of the pile again. So you have to do it three more times. And at the end, I was just like, "This is not a good way to do it. You need to yeah. do it word by word, and then create the sentences yourself. You shouldn't memorize the sentences." <laughs> that yeah, that doesn't know me about memorize. If you get one letter the wrong way around, just you need almost like a typo button right. to go. It was a typo. Yeah, sometimes I just had this fat finger syndrome. I just hit the <laughs> button next to it, or as I press enter, I hit the little thing next to it, and it just like. Yeah. Or uh, missing a soft sign or something. I know it's important for Russian and everything, but I mean, one soft sign at the end, please give me some credit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so you still use the the Anki on the side, even though there is uh, Memrise. Yeah, yeah, I, I tend to use Anki for, and as I said, like studying um, French and German at sort of university, I tend to use Anki for words that I find through that that aren't on memorize um and i use memorize for courses that other people have done that i'll 
sometimes pick up. Cool. So yeah, my my memoirs is full of a ridiculous amount of languages with yeah. a ridiculous amount that needs watering. <laughs> I have uh, known people uh, to to have experienced the same. Yeah. Uh, memorize overload. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I took the medicine, uh, year one medicine from some random university in America. They put up the year one curriculum. I think yeah. it was something like five hundred uh, levels or courses. Or what do they call it? Chapters or something? Yeah. Stages, something. So it was yeah. a ridiculous amount of medicine, and it was just like, my goodness, I can do this. <laughs> it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you're learning all these languages, uh, is there a time you feel like, I wish I wasn't doing this, or do you sometimes get a little bit bogged down by it and and feel like you need to take a break and step away from it, or is it just yeah. on, always on the? I think it's always on the back burner, um, especially at the moment, because I mean, my my degree that I said that I studied with the Open University is six years. So it's kind of always been a constant. Um, but I think, you know, there are times when it's like, I just want to break. I, I feel a lot that language learning is quite like exercise, though, that if you, you know, you have to do it regularly. And when if you don't do it a day, you feel really guilty. Right. You know, like if you don't exercise, you're like, oh, I'm so fat today. Yeah. But if you if you don't learn language, you feel like, oh, I'm so I'm so stupid today. I, I can't know any German. You know, right. if you just miss one day, it's like it's in the in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's not gonna make it. Of course difference. not. I mean, you might forget a few words, and it might the language might yeah. slowly deteriorate, but you know. It's, it, but that's like exercising too, isn't it? People go crazy over missing one exercise, exactly, or exactly. eating one pizza. When in reality, it's yeah. the it's the all the other sins that you do that are the most important. It's consistency, isn't it? You know. Yeah, yeah. It, why not reward yourself for exercising six out of seven days instead of killing yourself for not doing it one day? Exactly, exactly. Stupid ass uh, humans, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, do you have any motivation, motivational tips or tricks that you like to use if you if you feel like you want to study a language, but there's something you know, ah, I don't know, really. Do you, do you find looking at your goals or what what mm. would you be doing if you? Um. I mean, I mentioned already how I get the the books off from the library. <laughs> so I kind of, Good start. I kind of, yeah, I'll kind of just like start. I, I'll be like, oh, I got that book months ago now. I haven't even looked at it. And I'll, I'll just start flicking through and then be like, oh, okay, I, I'm beginning to get this. So let's 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 kind of go somewhere. Um, so I kind of start without realizing. And then that I don't end up, I end up not setting myself goals, which okay. is what I've now tried to do with Dutch is to actually say, right, I'm going to do it by this date. And I've never really done that before. You know, like with, with learning academically, I've had deadlines for assessments and things, right. but never actually said i want to speak x language by this day right you know so that's kind of an interesting alternative you know because i don't often have have goals i i do tend to just be like i enjoy it and if if i if i say you know oh i'm a bit bored of that now i will like I don't know. I'm always there's always something languagey going on in my brain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of course, you're also also uh, spending a lot of time tutoring or teaching, uh, mm. and um, you're a TEFL, TEFL, TEFL certified. Yeah, is it TEFL? Is it TEFL? Now I don't, I don't know. know. I I talky TEFL. I talky. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's definitely <laughs> TEFL. It's definitely TEFL. <laughs> oh, the TOEFL test is if it's an English oh, yeah, test it's, for yeah, foreigners. Yeah, like Poeffel, yeah. Teffel. There you go. Essel. Uh, apparently, Essel. N- 
the list goes on. Apparently, no words can be pronounced tonight. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and if anyone in the audience wants to have a guess, you know, you can always send me an email. Uh, I'd like to hear how you pronounce this, but uh, <laughs> I think it is called the TEFL, isn't it? That's the Teach yeah, English Foreign the Standard Foreign yeah, Language. Teaching Teaching English as a Foreign Language. So it should really be T A F L. Or they just glossed over the S as, yeah, as like a small as, word. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cheats. Yeah. But anyway, how did you how did you decide? Obviously, you you went to tutoring and then you decided to take it to the next level. Or how did how did the whole certification come up aboard? Because that's a step up for most people, isn't it? Yeah. Um, way back in two thousand and eight, uh, I took what was at the time a gap year from after the A-level, the sort of 16 to 18 qualification that we do here in the UK, to university, because I wasn't really sure if I wanted to go to university, so I thought, okay, let's take some time out and think about this. And I took a gap year. I, I like, I try, I have to be careful saying that, because there's, there's this culture in the UK of gap year, of, gap you know, year. real, yeah, real kind of, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. I, <laughs> I took a year out. Right. Um and I went to Costa Rica for three months and taught English there. So to do that, I had to gain my TEFL certificate. Um, so I kind of just did it because I had to, to go and live in this lovely tropical country for right. three months. And from there, I when I came back, I, I didn't use, I wasn't teaching for a while. Um, you know, just kind of deciding, do I want to go to university, working odd jobs for a year, working in a a, a, a lab for a flower, flour mill wow. and a petrol station, all sorts of all sorts of odd jobs. And then I ended up working in a school um, where I was a learning support assistant for about two years. And I was primarily in the language department, um, taking small groups out as necessary to teach them French and Spanish. And then because this was school, I finished at 3.30 every day. Right. And I thought, well, I've got some extra time. I can uh, I can, I can, can work in this extra time. And I, I kind of began tutoring part-time and I did some voluntary English tuition as well. And then back in 2012, I decided to make it my, my, my job and right. become self-employed. So that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. And how are you finding the balance between, uh, you know, obviously you're just as much interested in learning languages yourself as you are tutoring, but how are you finding the balance between being a student and a teacher at the same time? Is that hard sometimes for you to allocate the time for both? I think it's essential. Um, I think if I was teaching people French, Spanish, English and saying, okay, so this is the words, this is, these are the words. I'm a really, good really good teacher, good really good teacher. Like, these, these are the words, this is how you put them together. You know, right. in the way that I was taught, like whenever I was last taught 10 years ago, that's not going to be very helpful. No. I think teachers, the best teachers need to keep learning. Right. Which is part of the reason that's that. In fact, talked about motivation. That would I say that I would say is part of my motivation okay, is good. that I have to teach. So I need to keep learning to know to be up to date right. with the best ways to, to teach my students. But some teachers are, you know, not very good. And I definitely remember a lot of teachers from my school being, you know, they had designed a curriculum in 40 years ago. And to exactly. this day, they still use the same. 
this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, it just it doesn't work. And a lot of people also say if you can't do teach, so you know, uh, teachers yeah. get a bit of a bad rep. But you're you're yeah. the good teacher. You know, you really want to improve oh, yourself, and you really want to provide that value to the students as well. And yeah, that's really good. And and you you don't have trouble with saying, oh, I just tutored English for eight hours on Skype. Now I have to go study Dutch. You know, do do you never have no. a little bit of a no, for me, it's it's quite separate in my okay. in my head. You know, I have my desk at my desk. That's where I teach. That's where I prepare things. That's where I blog. And then, I in all honesty, at the moment, I lie on the bed, and that's where I study. <laughs> <laughs> just just to keep it separate in my brain. Right. Um, really, and that that seems to work. Is that a, a top place. tip? I would say so. Yeah, top yeah, tip. yeah. I try to find top tips every week. So maybe that's the this week's top tip is if if you have different modes of operation, and there's a, probably a fancy mm-hmm. Latin term for that. But uh, if you have different modes, then separating your physical workspace Definitely. can maybe help balance the the mental works workspace kind of thing. So you separate in your mind as well as in your physical location. Yeah, I think I think that's really important. Do you have Do you have a jingle for that? Top tips jingle. <laughs> you know, I should have. Can we create one right top, now? <laughs> top tips jingle. Hmm, it's not easy to rhyme on, is it? Top tips. Top, top tips. tips. Well, I definitely think about it. Chris, Chris kind of rhymes with tips. Does it? Chris, Chris top tips. If you go tips, right, and then you go Chris. Yeah, Chris, top tips. <laughs> That's funny. That's really good. Uh, yeah, and also speaking of which, your YouTube videos always make me laugh because they're so silly. Oh. Some of them. And oh, it, thank you. Uh, your I talk I introduction video, for instance, uh, I just saw it uh, recently. It was just um, there's just so much going on, and uh, you obviously have a, a talent for uh, the video making there. So oh, I really encourage you. people to check that out, and it it will be uh, every single thing we talked about will be in the show notes at uh, actualfluency.com forward slash zero eight. If you wanna, if you're interested, I mean, you might be interested in where you got your uh, TEFL certificate, the I to I, and uh, that link will be in there as well, so people can go check it out. It is quite expensive, isn't it, to get a proper certificate? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was expensive because um, I did, as I said, as part of this going to Costa Rica for three months, and the whole experience um, included the cost of the TEFL certificate, but the whole experience of going there for three months was two thousand pounds. So, and that was in two thousand and eight. So I don't know how much right. it would cost now, but if you you know if you do the course on its own, it varies from provider to provider. At the minute, I'm looking to um, hopefully kind of within the next year sort of upgrade, if you know oh. what I mean, um, and maybe go for get the the, the Cambridge CELTA certificate uh, at some point. But when I finish my German, get one thing out of the way first. You definitely have a lot to a uh, lot on your to get working on first before getting to that point. Definitely, definitely, yeah. But you're kind of upgrading it uh, that way. Yeah, that's the plan. Excellent, excellent. And um, uh, do you have any big aha moments or things when you, speaking of language learning in, in this instance, do you have any moments where you something just kind of clicked or something made sense or, you know, it could be a little thing or a, a bigger phys- philosophical thing, but was there anything mm-hmm. that just kind of... I think all all the time, um, I I really really love words and I love etymology and I love um, like a recent example that would come to mind is when I was reading the Dutch book and one of the chapters I think was called like I go to the cinema and the word for cinema was bioscope 
I don't know if I've said that right. And I'm like, bioscope? Bioscope. What on earth? Is it the same in Danish? Uh, no, no. Oh, 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 that was, as I said, that was a very good accent. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Well, they, some people call Danish close to Dutch in terms of sounding weird, so maybe that's oh, true. Okay. In terms of sounding weird, right, fair enough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought, you know, everything, cine, cinema, kino, everything like that I know right. sounds similar. I'm like, where does this come from? And I just had to find out, and I found out that... Um, I can't remember which part was which, but it comes from like Greek and Latin, I think, you know, bio being life, scope being to look at. Right. It's like, that's beautiful. Cinema, to look at life. <laughs> it's like, that's that's what it is. That's very and philosophical. Then, yeah, and then just this the idea as well that um, also the word in, in Malay and Indonesian is the same as, as the Dutch oh, word. Is it? And yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that's, that's, oh, that's beautiful. It's moments like that. Not so much make me go, Aha, I understand, but make me go, wow, <laughs> language, you did it again. Right. The little you know? winds you constantly come across and interest. Yeah, yeah. My, I, have a, I have an English professor who's like a doctor of doctors and he's like the highest uh, you can ever become in Denmark. And um, he, he always, during a lecture, he always, whenever he comes on a word that has a Latin or Greek root, he always takes time out to explain it. And although I really can't remember all of them, it's just at the moment when he's doing it, I really enjoy it. Yeah. Like he's like, uh, oh, yeah, by the way, manuscript, manu meaning hand, script meaning writing. I'm like, yes, that's really fantastic. And a lot of people are like, this guy's random stopping the class. We're talking about uh, an 18th century text and he's talking about Latin etymology. What is this guy? But for me, that's some of the most uh, enjoyable parts. And, and it sounds like yeah. you have the same. Uh, definitely, definitely. I do. I do love like the discovery of it all. Yeah, and it, you know. that it all links together in in yeah. in the end. Uh, mm. Even though languages might sound different, they all they all share these different things and roots, and they're all mm. cousins and sisters, aren't they? At the, at the yeah, end. definitely. So what's um, if we if we just go uh, take a step back to the tutoring? I I really wanted to ask you this because you've obviously been tutoring for a while. Let's say I'm a student. I want to learn. Let's just say Russian. That that that's what I'm actually learning right now. Mm-hmm. I find a, a a teacher on Italki because I really like mm-hmm. that site as well. I know you do too. What would be your kind of top three to five tips for the student going into a, a a tutoring session with a new tutor that you don't really know? What are you? How do you optimize or maximize that in like three or five easy tips? However many you want uh. to use. For an online lesson specifically, right, like like a Skype uh, thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say first of all, find a good tutor. Um, uh, what do you, you look know. at? Do you look at reviews or uh, mm. what's important? Do you look at age, maybe, or gender? Are there any tips? Yeah, and tricks? I suppose. I suppose, kind of subconsciously, I look at age and gender. But I mean, recently, my my Dutch tutor that I have is um, a man. In his, I would, I don't want to insult him. I don't know. I think he's in his fifties, forties, fifties. You know, so complete kind of opposite to me. Right. Um, but the reason I picked him was that he is a native Dutch speaker, but he has lived in Spain oh. since he was twenty-two. So we have our Dutch lessons in Spanish. Oh, the double, double dip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- that's the reason I picked him. So you know, if if there's something like that that you you know, you want to go for what, you know, if it's on iTalki, watch the videos. Um, 
and and kind of judge from 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 that. But yeah, I think. There any mental the, preparations? In or terms of what, how should you be prepared to, to when you go into a class? Are there any mm, any things you should I, do on your own? Any questions you should have ready or? Um, well, questions you should have ready. It depend. It depends if you if it depends where you're at in the language as well. You know, if if you think right, I absolutely know nothing. Then at least maybe I know we've we've been talking about Google Translate and how how wonderful it is. <laughs> but if you if you at least Google Translate, just hello, um, how do you say? I don't understand. Speak slowly. The things that you know you can you can begin to produce from the start and then and then kind of go from there. But I think something I would recommend for, for for online lessons, maybe not for the first lesson, but is to perhaps mix up where you have your lessons because um, when I did the German chat language challenge, I found that I was kind of getting quite comfortable just being sat on the bed talking and I wasn't perhaps uh, getting the most out of the lessons. Right. You know, I wasn't making notes. I wasn't completely all fires blazing the whole time. And then... A couple of times, uh, I think one time the internet was down, and another time I was I was already out when when I had the lesson. So I was forced, kind of by myself and by the internet, <laughs> to to go and have my lesson in a cafe. Oh. And at first I was like, oh my god, this is going to be a nightmare. In fact, one of them was the first lesson. Would not have been my choice to go into a cafe right. the first time I'm speaking German properly <laughs> to a human. <laughs> But it really worked really? because it completely, it really forced me to, I didn't want the people around me to think I was just some stupid person talking in this like pigeon language right. on Skype, you know? So it really forced me to power through and, and keep my brain switched on. So that would be a tip. Excellent. And so, yeah. and, and I think, I guess the warning is here, the one that you, you talked about is if you, if you are too comfortable it's not mm. really, and, and I can kind of feel the same with audio courses. If I'm doing Pimsleur mm. and I'm lying down, it's mm. way too comfortable. It's almost like my brain is switching off slowly, almost going to sleep. But if I sit up with my with my back straight and I'm kind of attentive, then yeah. I feel like it, I get much more out of the lesson, even if I don't yeah. take any notes or do any other things. But as long as I'm just in a good position to receive the learning. So I guess that goes mm. with the teaching as well, that you shouldn't, it's probably a bad idea to lie on the bed and get an italki session anyway. But, it, yeah. but, but don't, don't be too comfortable. <laughs> Just out of politeness. Yeah, also that, yeah, it seems a little bit weird. Also, if it's the first lesson, you know, maybe you yeah. want to be a little bit more uh, attentive. Well, I, I don't know. I'd expect my students to be in a suit for the first lesson. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. But yeah, 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 definitely. Three-piece. Three-piece, at least. Yeah. Has to be. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, and I'm, yes, I'm so happy you uh, you were able to come uh, onto the show. Do you have, um, obviously, you have your blog on lindsaydoeslanguages.com. It's so great you got the domain, by the way. I remember talking to you mm. about that uh, a month ago or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said that that blog is way too good to have on a dot .wordpress or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been an exciting time. Um, but I really uh, I really appreciate it and, and I want to encourage everyone to go read your, your stuff uh, on there and also, like I said before, the videos because uh, you do put a lot of effort into it, don't you? You know, it's Thank just, you. it's not just turning on the webcam like I do and talking like uh, a, a tosser for five, seven minutes, you know? Oh, no. <laughs> you really, uh, you put some editing in there and uh, 
and and that really shows so uh thank you so much Lindsay. do you have any final shout outs or anything you want to throw in there um i would just like to say thank you thank you <laughs> see i'm practicing my dutch yeah i, I speak dutch too <laughs> no i don't but some people uh actually some americans think that we speak dutch in denmark for some reason yeah so. I've, i've heard that some some americans think portugal is in south america so yeah, and denmark is the capital of sweden and uh Lots of other bad things, yeah. but maybe that says more about... I've got a lot of that in my video tomorrow, actually. Oh, really? Oh, a little, uh, little surprise. A little insight there. A little surprise. Where you gonna, a what's it going to be called? Um, tomorrow is nine reasons why you should... Let, what, sorry, nine... Let's give you the... the, the not, not the working title. <laughs> let's give you the real title. Nine reasons to learn Spanish. There you go. So we got an inside scoop and we got a great interview yeah. with Lindsay Dow. So thank you so much, Lindsay, and have a fantastic evening. You're welcome. Thank you very much. And you. Thank you for listening to the Actual Fluency Podcast. For more information, be sure to check out actualfluency.com. Until next time, enjoy learning and have a great day.